From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now, here's your host, Kate Burdett. Welcome to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. We're joined by Michael Jurek from Cleveland Pickleball. If you have maybe not been paying attention, perhaps pickleball is a new word to you, but it is growing in popularity quite quickly in the United States and here in Ohio. So I decided to reach out to an expert and see what we could learn about this fast-growing craze as it takes over the Buckeye State. Hi, Michael. Hi. Thanks for being with us. Hi. Thanks so much. Really excited to be here. So to start, for those of us who are new, like myself, can you explain what is pickleball? So in my my kind of definition of pickleball, it's a combination of three sports that are pretty well known today. It's a combination of tennis, badminton, and ping pong, but it's played on a smaller uh, tennis court style. Um, and it's with a perforated plastic ball and a, a big wooden kind of plastic paddle similar to a ping pong paddle. Uh, you know, usually it's played with, uh, you know, doubles, but can also be played with singles players. Uh, and it's really similar to kind of tennis where you play back and forth until, you know, someone hits the ball out or hits it into the net. Does anyone know why it's named pickleball? Great question. Uh, there's actually two stories to this that are they're somewhat unconfirmed. But uh, the first one being is the inventors of the sport had a dog named Pickles. <laughs> and at some point as they were inventing the game, their dog would go run and and grab the ball uh, in between the, the points. And so they kind of just named it Pickleball uh, from that. And then the other story goes that uh, it was named after uh, what's called a pickle boat, which is, uh, if you're not familiar, a pickle boat was typically the last boat to return to the dock after a day of fishing and kind of carried all over all the leftovers of the fish and the catch that day. And the reason that's relevant is because when they invented the game, it was kind of like a mixture of all these uh, leftover sports equipment that they had lying around, and they kind of created this whole sport out of the, all of these different um, equipment they had. Wow. I, I can't decide which story I like better. I think I like them both. Now, I want to say I first heard the word, the term pickleball, and heard about this a few years back from some family friends that are, uh, they're older, they're retired folks that live in Florida. Is that sort of the origin of this game, that it was a kind of a, a thing that retirees like playing out in the sunshine? I think a lot of people probably think that that's how it kind of originated, but it, it actually started out on the west side in Washington by a few gentlemen that I mentioned earlier were, you know, kind of bored at home with their family and were looking for something new to do, and they they utilize, you know, all their equipment lying around to kind of create this new sport. Um, so I will say it probably started off with the older demographic as it kind of moved across the country. But we're definitely seeing a shift in uh, the demographic nowadays and a younger, younger demographic starting to take up the sport. But I will say it was probably more the retirees that kind of started the sport originally. Can you give me the basics? How many people do you need to play this game, sort of kind of a run of, of, of the match? How does it go? As I mentioned earlier, a lot of times people will play 2v2, but you really only need two people. So you can play singles. And again, it's very similar to tennis. Um, you basically have a small tennis court, uh, a net, just like tennis. You have a paddle and then a ball. 
And from there, you can really just start to play. And the best thing about this is that you can really set up your court anywhere. I've seen courts in driveways, on the streets, on tennis courts, basketball courts, in a gym. It's really like accessible from that standpoint. You don't need a lot to start the game. And once you do have like the basic equipment and and a court drawn out, it's really simple. It's just kind of rallying back and forth and hitting it over the net. And then kind of the first person to either hit the ball out or hit it into the net as long as you're serving, you earn a point and you play up up to a certain uh, point up to 11, typically win by two. And there's a unique scoring system for pickleball. And once you get the hang of it, it's not too bad, but it is one thing that people kind of say is tough in the beginning, but with repetition, it, it becomes much easier. I would imagine. So you are obviously quite well-versed in the sport of pickleball. When and, and how did you get so involved? So I have a background of playing tennis pretty competitively, you know, up through college. And so I had the tennis background and racket background to begin with, but I actually played pickleball surprisingly in high school, you know, maybe 15 years ago now. And so it was, it wasn't until 2021 or so I was down in Florida on vacation with family and friends. And my friends said, Hey, let's, let's go play some pickleball on the courts down here. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I never, I, I didn't realize that was like a thing still. And so, you know, I played with my friends down in Florida and I was instantly hooked and I converted from tennis to pickleball right away. And when I got back up to Cleveland, I wanted to continue to play. And so I I realized it was tough to figure out where I can play, what other people actually played pickleball at the time. And so that's kind of how clevelandpickleball.com was born because I wanted to find ways to continue to play pickleball in, in Cleveland, Ohio. And you're not alone. Michael Jurek is uh, one of the founders of, as he mentioned, ClevelandPickleball.com. And he's educating us basically on Pickleball 101 this week on Ohio Sports Magazine. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about why this game has seemingly taken over the tennis courts of our of our state And also, uh, we're going to learn a little. We're going to have a little pickleball vocabulary quiz. Stay with us here on the Ohio Sports Magazine. Morning Juice. Who wouldn't want to play with Gary Player? Does he make him do push-ups in between the rounds? Uh, I'll tell you what, if Gary made me do push-ups in between the rounds or between the holes, I'm not playing with him. Morning Juice. Sponsored by Affinity Whole Health. Weekday mornings at 6. The Fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Welcome back to Ohio Sports Magazine. I'm joined by Michael Jurek. He is one of the founders of ClevelandPickleball.com. Now, Michael, I haven't even had a chance to ask you yet. ClevelandPickleball.com is a resource, obviously, for those interested in trying this sport or for those who, like you, it sounds like, are quite fanatical about it. Tell us more about what we can find online with your website. Sure, I'd love to. So initially, the website started off as a place to just organize all the information about pickleball in the Northeast Ohio region. So that included everything from places to play, you know, a beginner guide for for people that want to get into the sport of how do I even start to learn the game of pickleball and where do I, where is it best to play for beginners? We also list the ambassadors, uh, pickleball ambassadors that are registered with usapickleball.org. And then we also list our instructors across the area that you can reach out to if you want lessons. And those are kind of the main aspects of the website. And, and one more addition to that is a list of all the events in, in the area. So that could be anything from a tournament to a clinic to a league 
and we constantly try to update that as much as possible so that everything's kind of up to date and timely so people know when there's event happening. That's mainly what's on the website. And we've kind of evolved that from the beginning to create a community on a Facebook group as well. So we have almost a thousand people in our public Facebook group. Just search Cleveland Pickleball on Facebook. It should come up. And then we also have an Instagram page and then a monthly newsletter with around almost a thousand subscribers to that as well, which is where we essentially update all of our subscribers once a month with the latest updates in Northeast Ohio of you know, all the pickleball happenings, if you will, from new locations to new tournaments to new clinics and, and or like highlighting a pickleball player or instructor. Okay. It sounds like you have a lot of stuff out there, a lot of content to consume for those who are pickleball curious, shall we say. I think it's it's kind of evident. You mentioned earlier the the accessibility of this game and this sport, how it can really be played anywhere, indoor, outdoor, in your driveway, if you, if you want. What else do you detect that makes this so popular? Because as we said, it started out kind of in the retirement communities in Florida, and suddenly it seems like a younger audience is really passionate about pickleball. Yeah, I, there's a few factors. As I kind of mentioned before, you know, the accessibility aspect of it, of, uh, you know, it's simple equipment. You don't need a ton of space. And the accessibility from a cost perspective to start a new sport is very low. Combining all of that and then on top of it, it being a very social and community driven sport is kind of creating this amazing sport for people to, to learn and meet new people and be, you know, active and outside and kind of experience new things together as a community. I think is why this, this sport is growing so much. And we're also seeing a younger demographic, uh, take hold. And not just here in Ohio, nationally, I just saw something that some pretty well-known tennis players like, I want to say, Agassi and McEnroe and a couple of others are going to be or have recently done kind of an exhibition pickleball match that's going to be televised. Have you heard anything about that? Yeah, so that was really interesting. It's um, the pickleball slam that happened with Andre Agassi, Andy Roddick. John McEnroe and Michael Chang, they were kind of doing this celebrity tournament, if you will, for a million dollar purse, which is pretty, pretty big deal. Wow. So it was in true John McEnroe fashion. He was already trash talking, you know, a week, the week leading up to it to Andre Agassi. And <laughs> it was funny. He nicknamed his, his, him and his partner, Michael Chang. They, uh, they called themselves the fast and furious, but then Andre Agassi kind of said back to him, you know, more like slow and delirious. So I thought that was quite entertaining and, you know, really cool to see, you know, other, other professional athletes take interest in this new sport. And I think that'll only continue to help grow the sport. You know, the, what's great about the sport is that you can, uh, go to a court with a friend who knows how to play. And for your first time, you could play a full game, I think, within the first hour. Now, you might not be the best player out there, but I think, you know, having a sport where you can learn it within an hour and like still have fun at the same time says something about how great of sport this can really be for not only amateurs and people looking to have fun, but it's also fun to see the professional kind of leagues sprout up and, and gain some traction as well. And that's they're having a lot of fun playing professionally as well. So yeah, I think it's I think it's exciting to see uh, there's still going to be a ton more growth and it's going to be um, interesting to see how much growth and, and how many more players convert maybe from tennis to pickleball. 
I did do a little bit of Googling to kind of get myself ready to talk to you. And I found some words that I found very interesting. These are, these are seemingly pickleball vocabulary words. So I wanted to throw a couple at you, if I may, and have you sort of explain to us what they mean. Is that good? Sure. Let's, let's go for it. Let's do it. Okay. This was, this one just is fun to say. Dink shot. What's a dink shot? So a dink um, is when you're typically uh, all the players are you know closer to the net and you're hitting a very soft shot just over the net into an area called the non volley zone. What the the fun name what it's what people like to call it is called the kitchen. Okay. So it's really just a, a soft little shot, a dink, if you will, into the kitchen just over the net onto the other side. Along those lines, I would imagine I can already guess what an overhead slam or smash is. Oh, yeah. Those are the fun ones. Those are when uh, the ball pops up high in the air and you, as it's coming down, you smash it over your head into the opponent's other side of the court. And hopefully, you know, it's a winner each time. But those are, those are, in my opinion, the most fun to hit. Okay, good to know. What does it mean if a pickleball player is doing a carry or what is a carry? So I, this one to me, I haven't heard as much, but the basics is it's a type of shot when the ball is hit using a forward swing without allowing it to bounce off the court. I would say it's similar to like a volley in a sense in tennis. Sounds like a lot of those tennis similarities are, are, you know, going back and forth here, but it still is a very different game, pickleball. And it sounds like something that if you're out and about this summer and you're looking for something new to try recreationally, it won't be hard to find your opportunity to get into pickleball. If you're in Northeast Ohio, you definitely want to go to clevelandpickleball.com. And Michael Jurek, I want to thank you so much for creating that website and for kind of bringing us a better understanding of the sport. Well, I really appreciate you having me. I'm so excited to be a part of this amazing community and, and continue to help it grow. We will see you on the court. I look forward to it. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Some foot issues just can't be fixed by those expensive shoe stores or shoe inserts. A foot exam from a doctor of podiatric medicine who is the medical expert in foot and ankle care may give solutions after doing a complete foot examination. If you suffer from foot, heel, or ankle pain, let us help you find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association so you know you are being treated by the very best. Visit us at associationsadvanceohio.com for a referral today. Are you starting to question your gambling or the actions of someone you love? It may be time to talk to someone who understands. Call the Problem Gambling Helpline today and talk to a trained specialist. There's no judgment and no commitment. Plus, it's completely free and confidential. We're here for you. You are not alone. And remember, we all have the power to change with the Problem Gambling Helpline of Ohio. Make the call today. Call the Problem Gambling Helpline of Ohio at 1-800-589-9966. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. We plant trees because people need trees. And when planted in the right place, they have great impact. 
trees help slow climate change, filter our air and water, foster biodiversity, and strengthen our communities. They create the kind of transformational change the world needs now. April is a month filled with opportunities to care for and plant trees. For planting resources, contact an Ohio ISA certified arborist who can help you learn how to take the best care of your trees. Visit treesforohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our one affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta. Brett Wharf. ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast From the Ohio News Network. The fan, the fan, the fan, Ohio sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Welcome to Ohio Sports Magazine. I'm Kate Burdett, and today I'm joined by Clint McCormick. He has a very important job here in a couple of weeks. He's the race director for the RRCA Glass City Marathon in Toledo. How's it going, Clint? Oh, it's good. Not not a whole lot going on here, you know. It's three <laughs> weeks till race day. <laughs> so, um, how how are entries for the race going? Do you have a, a good number of people signed up to to run the twenty six point two? Yeah. So, actually, our marathon distance is sold out. Oh, we sold out uh, a few days ago, last week. Oh, wow! So we're happy about that. Total field is about where we're expected for now. Um, I think we'll finish up with around seven thousand total participants, which is. Probably 15% lower than what it was back in 2018 and 2019, but higher than we have been the last few years. So kind of starting to see that um, trend coming back, people joining these mass events. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a, a new normal, as they say. For those who may not be familiar, in Toledo, where does the race start and end? Yeah, so we have a wonderful partnership with the University of Toledo. Uh, they host us for the start and finish. So the start is in front of their campus on um, the iconic bell tower sits as the backdrop and then our finish line is in the rockets glass bowl stadium and we finish at the 30 yard line that's pretty cool i know um from friends who are avid marathoners that that finish line photo can be a big one so it sounds like a great backdrop for it absolutely is um and one thing you know somewhat unique to ours is we also allow spectators and family and friends to come onto the field um to kind of watch people finish so not just being in the stands, but, you know, they get to get on the field a little bit to themselves. And kids certainly like that opportunity, you know, relaying it back to football where, you know, they get to envision themselves in 15 years, hopefully catching the passes down there, you know, in the end zone. <laughs> 
That is that is a nice a nice feature to have. That's very unique. Uh, in case it hasn't been mentioned yet, Sunday, April twenty third is the race date. And uh, what time will things kick off? Do you also invite spectators for the race beginning? Because I know that can be a really high energy situation as well. We do. So six thirty a.m. just before sunrise, we start off the wheelchair division, and then two minutes later, our elite and first corral will take off. So we've got a hundred elite athletes coming. And their price purse is just over $20,000. Okay, that's nothing to sneeze at. That's pretty exciting. You run for an hour and you make you know $1,000. That's not too bad, hourly rate. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong about that when you put it in those terms. So for someone right. listening right now saying, okay, how do I do it? What would be the best piece of advice you could give someone who maybe is considering training for next year's marathon? Yeah, so in Ohio, we are very fortunate to have... A lot of good marathon choices. Um, we, and we kind of break it into two seasons. We have our spring season, uh, which Toledo, the glass city, kicks it off. Um, and then after that, it's followed by Cincinnati and Cleveland. And then in the fall, we have Dayton and then Akron and then Columbus. So all that to say, in the marathon world, um, you know, if you're looking to train for a marathon, if you've been running, you know, you can certainly register for uh, some of our events if, you know, unlike ours, it may not be sold out um, yet this spring. But if not, you know, registration typically opens up actually for our race. We'll open it up in May. So 11 months in advance, you can make that commitment to run in Toledo 11 months in advance. Okay. That is that is a big commitment to make, though. 26.2 miles does sound a little bit daunting to some people, I would imagine. What got you into marathons? Yeah, so the marathon distance is, for most people, I'm going to call it a, a bucket list item. You know, um, it's interesting when you, when you get to know people and why they are running, everybody seems to have a reason, whether it's for their health, whether it's for family, whether it's for um, just mental clarity. Um, they want to run for charities. That's a really big one in the marathon world. Um, so a lot of people have that reason. And I think once you figure out what your reason is, is why you want to run that marathon, that holds you to it. You know, you need that level of accountability to be able to accomplish that because it's, you know, it's not going to take you a, a few weeks to train for. You need to train before, you, you know, basically to get in shape before you start training. So for many people running the first marathon, it might be a six or eight month endeavor that, that culminates on race day. Once you get into the regular rhythm of running, uh, um, you know, two or three days a week, then the actual training program for a marathon is typically 16 weeks. That doesn't sound too bad. That kind of breaks it down into more of a bite-sized piece to kind of conquer. It does. Um, and, and we have, um, as, a, as with most marathons, official training programs. Uh, we offer a virtual program that if you, um, you know, you work odd hours or if you just don't like people, you want to run on your own, then we can we can kind of get you there um, with weekly checkups, giving you the workouts and what you need to do. But most people take advantage of a group group setting. Um, the interesting thing about the marathon event um, that has kind of really changed over the last 20 years and, and why I think it's become really popular now, it's really more of a social endeavor. Um, it gives groups of people something to do um, that is you know, kind of leaning towards the healthy side, even though almost all of the marathons that we finish with, I'll have a, a, some type of essentially a tailgate party afterwards. <laughs> yep. You know, uh, um, for us, 
we've got live band, you know, concert going on. We've got hot pizza. We've got cold beer. You know, it's it's just something fun to do. But you're doing it with your friends, so it makes the makes that 16 weeks go much faster. So for those who are thinking maybe next year's Glass City Marathon, you said registration opens in May. For those who are thinking, I'd like to come out and cheer everyone on in a couple of weeks for the 2023 RRCA Glass City Marathon in Toledo on Sunday the 23rd, starting bright and early, like Clint said, right before sunrise. Where's the rest of all that information uh, living online where people can look it up, Clint? So glasscitymarathon.org is our website, and it's chock full of information. And in fact, we just published our 92-page event guide that you can flip through, and it It'll give you all, you know, the different tips of the course maps for each of our events, parking, shuttle buses, pretty much everything you need to know is contained not only on the website, but also the event guide that is is now published on the homepage. Perfect. Everything you could possibly want to know about the Glass City Marathon is right there at your fingertips. Clint McCormick, race director, I know you have a lot going on, so I don't want to keep you, but I so appreciate you joining us today to uh, share your information about this great event. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. The Jackets hit the road for a battle with the Flyers. Bobcat Enterprises fan coverage starts Tuesday night at 6.30. Sponsored by your Central Ohio Volkswagen dealers and Atlas Butler Plumbing Services. Your home of the Blue Jackets, the fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Time to get the latest on the Cleveland Cavaliers and hear from Chris Manning of Locked On Cavs. Talking with Chris Manning, you can hear him on the Locked On Cavs podcast and read his work on fearthesword.com and SB Nation Cavaliers community. Cavs beat the Magic on Tuesday, securing their 12th 50-win season in franchise history. Uh, only the fourth such season without LeBron James. Chris, how, if at all, is it important for this Cavaliers team, this Cavaliers franchise, to start stacking milestones in a post-LeBron era? I think it's really important, and I think it matters to them. I think, you know, Darius Garland has talked about this in the past. I think it's been something that I think internally has really mattered to them and, and really been a focus. And you have to, you're ever going to move forward. You're ever going to be a different kind of franchise and, and not be tied to the success of that one player, as great as he was, as important as he was, and everything he accomplished. You have to do something. I think this is a really necessary step forward kind of season kind of moment for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I also want to ask just real quick about Donovan Mitchell. So it's four straight after Tuesday's performance of 40-plus point games. uh, Four straight, 13 on this season. Did you foresee Donovan Mitchell fitting into this Cavaliers roster so quickly? I thought he would be great, but I don't know if I thought he'd be this great. He's, I think, playing by far the best basketball of his career. I don't think there's an argument that he's had a better season. He's scoring at this insane level. He's going to be an all-NBA player. He's playing really effortful defense most nights, which is a big step up from where he often was in Utah. I, I think he's really been the tone setter for this team for most of the year, and he's gotten going really, really quickly. It didn't take long for him in Garland. He had acclimated. It didn't take long for him to really have his impact felt on this team. But Karis LeVert's been on an offensive tear lately. The Pickerington, Ohio native, was 5 of 6 on Tuesday against the Magic. He scored 19 points. How big has his recent play been, and 
How important is it for the Cavs' playoff run that he continues his offensive production? I, I think it's been huge, and I think it will continue to be huge. This isn't a very deep team. This isn't a team that has a ton of guys that aren't their stars that they can bank on night in and night out. And I don't always know if Bird is that guy. He can be a little bit streaky, but if he's making three particularly can shoot ones, he'd be making at a pretty good clip this year. If he can play the effortful defense and engage defense, he's played so much this year. That's going to be a big deal. They're going to need him to play minutes. They're going to need him to be a guy they can maybe close with in some playoff games. And particularly if Isaac Okoro's knee injury kind of hangs around and doesn't get better, if he isn't right or isn't playing in the playoffs start, they're going to need Levert even more. He's a really, really massive piece for the cast to be the best version of themselves. And the, the guy that's had the last month or so has been the guy I think they're going to need when the playoffs start. Chris Manning, our guest, uh, hear him on the Locked On Cavaliers podcast and Fear the Sword. You can read his works there in SB Nation Cavaliers community. Uh, Chris, you did bring up Isaac Okoro, and uh, it was his fourth straight game missed this past Tuesday with that knee issue. Uh, I believe they're saying it's inflammation, but how much concern is there around this team with Okoro and that knee issue, considering, as you had mentioned, Cavaliers aren't too deep of a team, and they're going to need whatever depth they can to make a deep playoff run. I think there is concern. The other night, J.B. Vickers have said that Oro, the, the him coming back was not a guarantee by the playoffs to, to paraphrase what he said. He wasn't sure, so he used his exact verbiage. And then he hasn't practiced. So this is a concern. I, you know, I, I don't know if this is just them being coy. I don't know if this is something that is a real hindrance to Okoro. You know, they've said that you know, he has, he has been real discomfort for him not to play, so maybe that this is like a real thing, But and I suspect to some degree it obviously is, but I, it seems like just based on what they're saying, the information we have, the information you can get, it does, it does seem like this is a real concern. You know, we'll see if he is right by the time the playoffs start, and, and they will get that extra time off after, because of the playing tournament, but it, it's definitely a concern. Talk about uh, the playoffs coming up here in about two weeks, Chris. If the playoffs started today, Cavaliers would host the Knicks in the first round. What do you expect from a series between Cleveland and New York? I think it has every storyline you possibly could want, right? Like, I mean, I think number one, it is Mitchell and Brunson going head-to-head a year after they had a really head-to-head matchup um, in, in when they were on the, the, the Jazz and the Mavericks, respectively. I think it's obviously Mitchell going up against the team he thought he was going to go to. It's the Cavs against a, a team with a massive profile. A massive state. They're going to get to play a playoff games at MSG, the, the Mecca. And the Knicks are a good team. I don't think they're as good as the Cavs. The Cavs should be favored in a series against the Knicks, particularly if Julius Randle remains out with that ankle injury. But it has every possible storyline you could want. And the Knicks are 3-1 against the Cavs this year. The Cavs is a losing record against the Knicks. There's going to be some pressure to kind of fix some things, do some things differently than they have against the Knicks this year to, to get a series win I think they should expect to get. All right, Chris, let's talk some postseason awards real quick. Do you think Evan Mobley's done enough to earn NBA Defensive Player of the Year honors? I don't think he's quite Defensive Player of the Year. I think he should be in the top three to four. I think he should be a lock for all defense. I, you know, I, I think it seems like the defensive player of the award is going to Jaron Jackson. I think if you wanted to make a case for Mobley, it's that he fouls a lot less and that he's played a bunch more minutes than Jackson at this point in the year for arguably the league's best defense. So I, I think he has a real case. I think he should be you know, a finalist right on the edges there. I don't know if the award is his to get this year, but at the very least, he should be a lock 
to be in, in all defensive players this season. Joel Embiid, just speaking around the league, uh, you saw the Sixers big man record his fifth career 50-plus point game last night uh, as Philadelphia beat Boston 103-101. to uh, Philadelphia's head coach Doc Rivers said after that performance that, quote, the MVP race is over, end quote. Chris, do you agree with Doc's assessment there? I, I do. I think it's over. I think Embiid clinched it last night. I was talking to a friend who also works in the media and reflecting about that game. And, you know, I've been watching it as the captain playing the Magic on the split screening. And what Embiid is doing this year as a two-way dominant force, I think, has been remarkable. And, look, I think Jokic would be deserving as well. I think Giannis would be another deserving guy. But it seems like it's going to be Embiid. And I think it's interesting to see guys in the league have kind of gone out of their way to support Embiid's candidacy. Damian Lillard has supported it. Stephen Curry has supported it. And John Lucas, the former Cavs head coach who is now a, a really trusted advisor and respected figure in the league with the Houston Rockets, has also said that he believes Joel Embiid should win the MVP. So with all the momentum, with that game kind of maybe being the crescendo moment, it, it seems like it is Embiid's award to lose right now. Chris Manning, my guest. Again, hear him on the Locked On Cavs podcast and read his work on fearthesword.com, an SB Nation Cavaliers community. Also, give him a follow on Twitter at CWMWrites. Chris, I appreciate the time today. We will touch base as the playoffs roll here in about two weeks. Can we do it again? Thank you. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. The Buckeye Show. It's that unicorn position in sports, right? You're going to get much more of the praise than you probably deserve, and you're going to get a lot more of the criticism that you probably deserve. The Buckeye Show. Sponsored by CareSource. Weeknights at 6 on The Fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Welcome to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Time to discuss Cincinnati Reds baseball and hear from Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds with our Paul Keels. It's our chance to talk again with Jeff Carr from the Locked On Reds podcast. And uh, we're more than one week into the season. And Jeff, I want to start by asking about something that you guys talked about on your podcast. Why is this year's Reds team different in your eyes early on? It really feels like they gelled in camp. That was kind of their their storyline. That the thing that David Bell and Nick Crawl and even Joey Votto and a couple of the veteran players have talked about is that this spring training they really wanted to come together because they didn't feel like they did last year. And there was a lot of times where guys were kind of playing individually outside of the team early on, and you saw it when they struggled at, to that three and twenty two start. So this season. It, it kind of feels like they got out of the gates running. I mean, I know they lost on opening day, but every game, just about except for the bullpen blow up on Tuesday night, uh, they've been in. And, and they come back and they fight back, and it just feels like there's not one player on this team that is just playing high and above everybody else. Everybody seems to be complimenting each other so well, and that's really what's led to the good vibes surrounding this team to start the year. Jeff, always looking for storylines, and you guys talked a lot about Jason Vossler coming out of nowhere, being the next Brandon Drury. That has been a nice addition for this team, hasn't it? He really has, and definitely coming out of nowhere. I mean, even Brandon Drury had a few years under his belt in the major leagues before he came to the Reds. Jason Vossler has played two years, and I put air quotes around that, because (laughs) the most at-bats he had in either year was 98 at-bats. So I, I look at him and I say that he is such an unproven 
commodity. And and now, you know, he's 29 years old. He spent a lot of time in the minor leagues after being a 16th round draft pick. It's like, what did you really expect from this dude? And then he impressed the team so much in camp that I don't even think he was technically the last guy on the roster. I think they wanted him on this bench in some capacity. He could play third base. We've only seen him at first base and a little bit at DH, but he can play third base. So whenever Joey Votto comes back, we're not talking about a dude that's about to get sent down to AAA despite having the hot hand. So I think that he is going to be a dude who can provide some value for the Reds. And, I mean, we'll see. I don't know if he's a trade ship. I think other general managers would be hesitant to to give up, you know, uh, marketable assets for a guy that really just got going at 29 years old, but he could still be a valuable bat for this team all year long. You know, Jeff, we saw it a little bit at the end of last year, but how significant can it be that T.J. Friedel has proved to be a spark plug on this team? I think it's a big deal because there's nobody in this outfield that's really setting themselves apart. And as much as I love Will Benson, he just hasn't started yet. I mean, nine strikeouts and 11 at-bats isn't very inspiring. But you look at T.J. Friedel, and he's doing it against righties. He's doing it against lefties. He's hitting triples. He's hitting homers. I mean, he's shown that power. And, and, you know, you can say great American ballpark power, but still, hey, a homer's a homer. But he can also drop down those bunts. He's been very versatile in his game at the plate. And we know that when he's on the base pass, he will be in the back of the pitcher's mind because he's fast and he can cause havoc, uh, you know, getting steals and things like that. It's it's really been a treat to kind of watch him these first five games. And he was something that last year, I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I was intrigued by him. And I think that we're just continuing to see more and more of that. If he if he continues on this, we're going to be talking about T.J. Friedel as part of the future, whereas I don't necessarily think we expected him to be. Jeff, another subject you touched on in your podcast, and for those who haven't checked it out, they need to go to Lockdown Reds and listen to some of this. If you would reiterate your thoughts on Connor Overton in the pitching rotation, the importance of him being able to eat innings. Yeah, I think that overall this, this offseason, we knew the, the top three guys are Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft. And then likely one of the other guys in the rotation could be a rookie, or at least at the very, uh, the very least, an unproven guy. So you're looking for one guy who can just be kind of the sham wow when it comes to innings for this pitching staff, because there's going to be days like we saw with Hunter Green on opening day, where even those guys kind of struggle a little bit, and the bullpen's going to be needed. And then the fifth starter is that going to be a rookie? Is he going to struggle? Will the bullpen be needed for? you know, multiple innings, if Connor Overton is part of the group of guys who needs bailed out by the bullpen on a semi-regular basis, then this bullpen is going to be like dead by the all-star break because we saw it in the first two games with the Cubs that they had to get 15 outs after Connor Overton was pulled over only just four innings. And then they had to get 12 outs after Luis Sessa was pulled after just five innings. And that's just way too much, way too much to ask for uh, a bullpen that the Reds have that the talent might be at best mid-level in the major leagues. So Connor Overton has to be a guy that come hell or high water, he's really got to pitch at least six innings uh, to really help this bullpen out and help this pitching staff out as a whole. Jeff Carr from the Locked on Reds podcast. Always appreciate your time, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Paul. We'll have more of this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. 
The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our one affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. From the Ohio News Network. Betting happens as fast as sports. And now every play is faster than ever before. You're on the edge of your seat until the moment when it's all on the line. Which is why it's important to pause before you play. Sports are fast. Betting shouldn't be. So remember to set limits, know the risks, and pause before you play. To learn more, visit pausebeforeyouplay.org. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. The Ohio Education Association congratulates Mindy Wurst, a Title I reading teacher at Cary Elementary School, this week's education champion. Every leader in me day, we play games in the gym. It's a friendly competition that builds responsibility, teamwork, and leadership skills. It's fun to watch the kids enjoy being here, excited to come to school and learn, excited to see me. I get a chance to know every single student. I love my job. I can't imagine doing anything else. We plant trees because people need trees. And when planted in the right place, they have great impact. Trees help slow climate change, filter our air and water, foster biodiversity, and strengthen our communities. They create the kind of transformational change the world needs now. April is a month filled with opportunities to care for and plant trees. For planting resources, contact an Ohio ISA certified arborist who can help you learn how to take the best care of your trees. Visit treesforohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. Do you have foot pain? Foot pain is not normal regardless of your age or job. Podiatric physicians are the most qualified doctors to care for your feet and can provide important foot care solutions or shoe inserts to better manage foot pain. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state and are dedicated to providing the highest quality foot and ankle care. We've been serving the profession and the public for over 100 years. To find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. Ohio's sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. Time now to get some highlights of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show with Jay Crawford. Here's producer Hayden Heilshorn to set the scene. Thanks, Kate. On this week's Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the guys reacted to this clip of Cam Newton saying he would like to back up Deshaun Watson. I'll back up Deshaun Watson. It goes without saying, me and Deshaun Watson's relationship, uh, he was on my 707 All-Star team. I've grown to admire the person, the athlete that he is, going through a lot of turmoil, uh, but I believe that doesn't, that that's behind him. 
To catch the full reaction to the clip, just search The Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube, subscribe to their page, and enjoy daily content covering all things Cleveland sports. We'll be back to wrap up this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. The fan is your home for the Ohio State football spring game. The Waterworks Spring Game Tailgate Show kicks things off Saturday at 10. Proud to be your flagship home for Buckeye football. The fan, Ohio sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Kate Burdett. That's all for this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. A big thank you to our guests, Michael Jurek of Cleveland Pickleball and Clint McCormick, race director for Toledo's Glass City Marathon. Thanks to all of our Locked On podcast contributors this week as well. For Hayden Heilshorn, Eric Reeser, and Paul Keels, I'm Kate Burdett. Thanks for listening to Ohio Sports Magazine. Join us next week right here on the Ohio News Network. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD1 Color.